Hey there, welcome back to the show. I am so, so pumped for you to hear today's guest interview that I did with Tanessa Shears. You are absolutely going to love this episode. This is so different from what we currently cover on the podcast. A lot of what the content that I put out here, a lot of the guests that I bring on the podcast are all business related. Here's how to implement this new strategy. Here's how to try this new thing. These three things will improve your marketing strategy. That's usually what I bring you on here. And I was so excited to bring Tanessa on the podcast because she wants to talk about something that is, is going to help your business, but is often overlooked. And we dove deep into how to have optimized sleep so that you can show up up as the best mom, the best business owner, the best wife, all of the things. And you'll hear my excitement in this episode. I was taking notes so fast. I was writing things down. After I got done with the episode, I was calling my husband and sharing all the things that I learned of all the things that we're going to have to try to do because sleep, especially as a parent, as a new parent, is hard to come by. And sometimes you just get used to, well, I'm not going to get enough sleep or I'm going to have bad sleep or I'm going to be waking up constantly. And there are small tweaks that you can make to really improve your overall sleep. And the changes that you can make will be so monumental and so helpful that you will think, why didn't I do this in the first place? So I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Come back, listen to this over and over again, share it with your spouse, tell him all the things that you're going to be doing and all the things that he's going to jump on board with you too. So you can have optimal sleep, optimal health. It's an amazing episode. Without further ado, let's dive on in and go meet Tanessa. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Hey, Tanessa, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. I'm excited to be here. We've got a lot to dive into today. Yes, we do. I think this conversation is going to be so helpful for my audience. But before we get into all of that good stuff, I want you to take just a moment to introduce yourself to my audience, describe a little bit about who you are, um, what you do, and kind of how you transitioned into what you're doing now. Yeah. So I'm a mom of two. I've got a one and a three-year-old and I'm an entrepreneur. So what I do is I help entrepreneurs double their energy and their focus using something called biohacking and also using a lot of wearable technology and really understanding how to get the best return on investment out of our health so that our brains work effectively in our business. I know for me, like I don't, especially with kids, I don't have all this time to be trying everything that's on the internet. So I kind of look at health the way you would look at maybe like a Facebook ad. It's like, okay, for what I'm putting in, what am I getting out? Is this worth continuing to invest in? And so the way I love to do that is really just looking at how can we feel good with well rested? How can we sleep well? How can we eat well? How can we feel resilient so that the way we're showing up in our business is effective? We get stuff done during the day. We don't feel distracted all the time. And so when we go home to our families, like we can feel like we can turn the work brain off. We feel like we can be present and we feel like we don't have to jump back into the inbox at 10 PM at night, just one more time to see if there are any fires. So a lot of the work I do is around just helping us feel better than we have in years and have a brain that works the way we want it to. 
That's amazing. I'm just so fascinated by what you do. So is this kind of where it all started for you? Like, what is your background prior to this? Or is this like where you initially started? Yeah. So I went to university to be a kinesiologist. So basically the study of human movement. And I wanted to be a physiotherapist, but they put me in a physiotherapist office to do some, um, just like the hours to get used to it and to see if you like it. And I was like, I'm sure this is fine for some people, but this was way too slow. I've got too much energy to be sitting in this busy office. And so right after I graduated in 2014, I opened a personal training business and I was like, yeah, this is fun. So that grew to six figures by about month 15. I was doing, you know, run rate for a, a six figure year. And I was like, this is so great, but I feel like they need more than fitness. And it's when I began incorporating food in and they, they found their results were better. And then I became interested in sleep and bringing that in and they got better results. And I had a client come to me and he was like, you know, Tanessa, this is great and all like, I feel good and stuff like that, but I am so productive. My energy is like, I I'm actually being able to show up for my business differently. And it was at that time where I had looked around and like most of my clients were entrepreneurs and I was like, this is interesting. So in 2017, when I started making the jump online to work with entrepreneurs on their health, like it was just a very seamless fit because I myself was an entrepreneur. I was a parent. I know what the struggles are, but I also have the background in health. So I kind of put the two together to kind of make this health consulting practice that has really helped entrepreneurs with their energy. I love that. I love when like the breadcrumbs are there. It's like, you know, sometimes we're like, I would just wish the answers would fall into my lap. And sometimes like they do, and you just have to lean into that. So I love that. I love your story. That's so inspiring and the transition that you made. Um, and I know that you and I were talking before we press record about how a lot of my audience is moms and like, they are in the thick of it similar to you. Like they've got the young kids at home and they are like, I, you know, I would love this idea of being my own boss and having my own business and starting this and growing this. But like, I can't even, I can't even fathom like getting through the day with a, an extra spare minute or any extra energy. You know, a lot of my audience are um, juggling, trying to do this in addition to a full-time job. So like time is limited. If they've got young kids at home, sleep is limited. So what advice do you have for them? Or like, let's just start there with like a mom wants to do this, but like they don't have any energy. Like what advice could you give her to like kind of help her to like, there are answers out there. There are things that she can do to help her so that she can show up as the best mom, as the best business owner and really see those results. I think it comes down to reframing our relationship with sleep because I feel like when we are what we call busy, that's the first thing that goes because we're like, it's okay. Um, kids went to bed. I need some me time, whether that means, you know, scrolling or getting back into business or whatever it is. Like we feel like that is what makes us more productive because if I can, you know, stay up till one in the morning and get this done, then I will get more done. And I love this conversation I have with my clients because there's this interesting tie that we have between self-worth and productivity where it's like, if I can get more done, then I'll feel better, or then I will feel more calm, or finally feel caught up, or feel in control of my time. But we have these sentences in our head that are like, if this happens, then I will feel this way. So, one of the things I really like to pull back and be like, well, okay, if you're just waiting for a sentence in your head to change, meaning your brain is going to be like, now I can start to feel relaxed, why not feel that now ahead of time? Like, why not decide while you're growing your business or your freelancer um, exploration? Why not? Why not decide to just feel that now? And so, instead of looking at sleep as the thing you cut into to save you time or to give you more time, I like to ask this question: 
Imagine that your brain right now is operating at like, so let's call it 60% of what it's capable of. That means you are 60% as effective, as efficient, as productive in the time you are working. You're 60% as present because you feel tired. Like we've all shown up feeling tired. We know it's hard to come up with ideas. It's hard to be creative. It's hard to come up with solutions to problems. Like you just feel clunky in your thinking and you're distracted. The Amazon tab is open. Your phone is dinging. The dog's barking in the background. It's It literally feels like you're thinking through sand. It's that experience of boggy thinking. Now, if you could get your brain up to 90% of what it was supposed to be, how much faster could you think? How much better would your decisions be? How much more focused would you be? How much more creative would your problem solving be? Because the size of our businesses and how successful we are is directly related to the quality and the size of the problem we solve, right? If we can come up with unique solutions, that's going to make us stand out. And for me, I, when I realized that that was fostered during sleep, that was something I started making as a non-negotiable. I'm like, okay, if I can protect my sleep and get good quality sleep and show up the next day with a brain that is sharp, clear, and focused, do I need four hours to get done? What could be getting done in three? Do I, is everything going to feel as hard? Am I going to feel as exhausted at the end of the day? And what would life feel like to not be exhausted all the time? That was the question I really started asking myself is like, what would life feel like if I wasn't so tired all the time? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of what I did in the beginning and a lot of what I talk about doing, especially when time is limited is like, I had to get up early. I had to, you know, after I put my kids to bed, I had to get work done. Um, and I, I was like that where I was not prioritizing sleep and still to this day, it's like, it's a conversation every night with my husband. It's like, okay, tonight we're going to go to bed a little bit earlier. Um, but I agree. It's, it's finding that delicate balance of like, I want to have some time to unwind or to just have a moment to breathe or to get some extra things done. Um, and trying to find those pockets of time when you're raising small kids can be really hard. So um, I hear you and I've, I've, I'm intrigued. So how do we get that really good sleep? Like, is there a formula to get that really good sleep so that you can wake up feeling a little bit you know, better rested? And what is that optimal time of sleep, right? Does it vary from person to person or is it industry standard? Yeah, I think to to be fair and to your point, right? There are going to be seasons of your life where you are you know, you're up late, you're working a little more because you're trying to get something off the ground. A hundred percent there are seasons. But I often when I find that the clients I work with, they've been in this season for years, right? And there's never this like, okay, We've been like hard gas all the way on for like six months now. Maybe it's time to start taking care of myself before I end up like perpetually exhausted. And so I think it's really, for one, deciding where you are, what season you're in, and also when this season is going to take a backseat, right? And I think it's really understanding that because like for me, I said I had a one and a three-year-old. I was in one of those seasons where sleep was not the, it's not the priority. It's getting up. It's taking care of the babies. And I've had two kids back to back, right? So to kind of bring this back to what you're asking, I think recognizing, first of all, that if you're in a season, that's one thing, but also how can we get the best quality sleep of the sleep we are getting? If you're a new mom and it's fragmented, or if you do have to get shorter sleep right now because you're up early working on something, how can we protect the sleep we are getting? And I think it's really looking at what goes into creating 
high quality sleep. And when we talk about that, we're talking about deep sleep primarily and dream sleep, right? They both have different functions, right? Deep sleep is responsible for restoring our physical body. So if you had a workout, you're getting the benefit of it while you sleep in the form of that recovery and getting stronger, right? Your brain recovers. But dream sleep is what I call entrepreneurial gold. And the reason I call it that is because when we dream, our brain's ability to process our emotions improves. So if you've ever woken up and you felt a little cranky, it's probably because you didn't get enough dream sleep. So when this comes to your business, patience when a link breaks, you know, grace with yourself when you have a troll on social media or someone who doesn't agree with you or thinks you can't do it, or it says, why are you wasting your time on that? Like I want to be in control of my emotions and that happens while we dream. And there's also been studies that have shown that your ability to solve problems and think creatively are all enhanced during dream sleep, right? So when I'm looking at protecting that quality of sleep, I'm starting to look at what happens in the one to two hours before we go to sleep. Now, I look at a couple of things, and these are things you can do regardless of whether you're having some me time or whether you're working or whether you're actually having some time off. The first thing I start to look at is light. So the intensity and the color of light actually tell our brain if we're winding down or we're winding up. So what I love to do is one of my bedside table lamps has a red light bulb in it. And red light specifically cues your brain to produce a hormone that helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. So if you're up late working or if you're having some me time, if you can change out one of those bulbs, and it doesn't even have to be super red. I have one of those like Edison kind of like decorative light bulbs in there. It's nice and dim. It's amazing. I can feel the shift in my energy when I switch that on. And the other thing that you can start looking at doing is like, okay, how could I maybe take put more table lamps on instead of the overhead lights? We're looking at dimming the light and shifting it towards yellow, orange, and red tones. The second thing you can look at is temperature. So our body temperature actually needs to drop to fall asleep and have high quality sleep. One of the biggest disruptors of sleep is if you are too warm. I mean, if you've ever been pregnant or you get warm during certain types of your cycle, you know that that can wake you up. So I always like to make sure that in the hour before bed, the temperature of my environment is coming down. Like optimal sleep temperatures between 65 and 68 Fahrenheit about then. So you can use that to start cueing your body to wind down, right? And the third thing that you can start using is just looking at the speed of the activities you're doing. Meaning like if you're watching something that is highly stimulating, like something scary on TV or you're watching something really suspenseful, that's going to do something different to your brain than reading, right? Or you know, creative brainstorming is going to do something that is different to your brain than say scrolling Instagram and telling yourself, I'm not good enough. I'm not where they are. Right. So it's looking at input. It's looking at light. It's looking at temperature as different ways you can start cueing your brain to calm before bed. This is so interesting. And I, I literally can't wait. I want to like dive deeper into this because it's so funny. My I, I don't have an issue falling asleep. I usually can fall asleep relatively quickly. You know, at the end of the day, I'm pretty tired. My husband has a hard time falling asleep, has a hard time staying asleep. And I'm just like thinking of all these things. Like I bought him um, the hatch uh, sound machine because I was like, he, you know, I, I was like, maybe some like white noise. Um, he hated waking up to his alarm because it was his phone alarm. And I'm like, maybe we can do something peaceful and call, like, you know, um, so this is so, super interesting too, because like, everything that you're saying, I'm like, these are things that he could instantly change to help him with that. Um, what about the like part, um, about like staying asleep? Like how can, like, these things are going to help us to like fall asleep, have that good sleep. Um, what if you're somebody who like wakes up in the night? Are there things that can help 
with that. I'm, I'm just, I'm like, literally, I'm like, this episode is, I think, for my husband. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you wouldn't be talking about the 3 a.m. wake up where you redo, review your to-do list for like 20 minutes because I get those, like where you're just like, oh, I didn't remember to do this. I have to do this tomorrow. And your brain just goes off. So mm-hmm. there's three main reasons that we're waking up. I mean, there's lots of them, but um, the three main reasons we wake up in the middle of the night. One is the obvious stuff. That's like, you have to go to the bathroom because you had too much fluid too close to bed. That one's like, it's amazing. Sometimes we don't quite make that connection, but just even moving your water back to two to three hours. And I'm talking like glasses of water, tea, whatever, two to three hours before bed can make such a difference on the quality of your sleep. If you're not waking up to go to the washroom Mm -hmm. and in that same category are obvious things. If you have a cat who likes to play hockey with anything it finds on the floor or, you know, animals that are a dog that barks at night, or there's a neighbor whose dog that barks, any of those like auditory light things that are waking you up, honestly, Little foam earplugs are fantastic for that. Um, The reason for that is it blocks out external noises. So I actually use earplugs in combination with a sound machine. Now, one of the things I get from parents is like, how do you hear your kids if they need to hear you in the middle of the night? Mom brain is amazing. I have never missed a wake up because the earplugs fall out. They're little foam ones. They fall out. And the sound machine is quiet enough just so that if my husband snores, it doesn't wake me up. And I have the option if I wake up and he is snoring or the neighbor's dog is barking, I can pop him back in. So we're looking at number one, can we eliminate any obvious sources of wake up? Is there a light that's on? Maybe we get a sleep mask. The second category of wake ups comes from what's happening with your blood sugar. So in the evening, our blood sugar, so basically to break it down, when we eat food, specifically carbohydrates, it affects what's called our blood sugar. A lot of carbohydrates make it go up and fewer keep it a little more stable. So our body is not able to stabilize blood sugar as easily in the evening. So what we eat and when we eat matter a bit more. So what I'm looking at is if we are eating usually within three hours of bedtime, our body, instead of actually relaxing and winding down and recovering for the next day, it spends that energy digesting. And what ends up happening is our sleeping heart rate, our lowest heart rate, which is when the recovery starts, gets pushed later and later in the night. So that means we have less time to recover our energy in our brain. So if we can start slowly pulling back that last food of the night, and this includes the snacks and stuff like that, to three hours before bed, and we make sure that there's a source of protein in there and it's not just carbohydrates, like it's not just air pop popcorn or pasta or something like that, our blood sugar stays more stable and our body gets to focus on sleep instead of digestion. So, so many of my clients will find that their blood sugar has been really high all night or really low and it causes wake-ups. So it's a really simple thing that you can start doing. And the third and final reason we're waking up at night is cortisol, right? Our cortisol is too high because we are not disengaging at any point during our day. There is no point at which we turn our brain off. We decide to just focus on one thing. Like one thing I'm working on with a client right now is, okay, at 9.30, I want you to put your phone down and only watch the TV because she watches the TV with her phone in her hand. And there's so many layers of distraction going on. And a lot of that is to just deal with the stress of the day. So what I'm looking at is like, okay, how can we use even a small window of time before sleep to stop the input Mm -hmm. and really just be kind of present with what is going on? Like, you know, read a book, write, stretch, you know, do something for you. Even if it feels less productive, if you're not waking up in the night, you get better sleep. When you show up the next day to work, you're going to feel world different. Yeah. 
I, I can totally relate to that. And that, I mean, honestly, it's conversations that we'll, we'll ha- like every morning, I'm like, how'd you sleep today? He's like, oh, I feel, I feel well rested. And then I, and then he's able, I, I can tell, like he comes, you know, he comes home on lunch. He was just home for lunch and we had lunch together and you can just see a shift in the difference. I can't wait to share this with him. Um, it's so funny. You mentioned like the earplugs. Cause sometimes too, like I, I do, there, there are occasional times where it's like the brain is going, like it's, um, definitely like I'm, I'm not too into like cycle tracking, but I'm starting to like, just kind of take notices of myself. Um, and it's definitely like early on in my cycle where I'm like, I'm feeling super creative. I'm like, Oh my gosh, all these ideas and all these things that I can do. And I get really excited and really jazzed up about it. Um, so sometimes like I'll pop in my headphones and like listen to a meditation or listen to something that's just like very like monotone to like kind of, you know, stop my brain from thinking about all those things. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this is super, super helpful. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, like brain frog that you mentioned. Cause I think like, there's so, like you mentioned, there's so many things going in. There's so many, especially as moms, like there's so much that we, that we feel like is required of us to show up. And especially if we're trying to build a business, um, talk to us a little bit about like, how can you recognize that that brain fog is going on? Like some of those tall tale, like signs of that and how we can, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause it probably for moms, we like refer to it as like mom brain, like, Oh, I'm just mom brain or like pregnancy brain. Or I, I was just talking to somebody and they're like postpartum brain, you know, um, that probably all falls into the category of that brain fog. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's interesting because you can't really walk into a doctor's office and they're like, Oh, that's brain fog. And here's what to do about it. Because it's a collection of symptoms. It's like, if you've ever sat down to like, okay, it's content writing day, let's go. We're going to sit down and I've got nothing. And you just like rewriting the same sentences again and they just don't flow. And you, maybe you're on a call with a client or something like that. And the words just aren't flowing. It feels kind of like clunky thinking and cloudy and you have this fatigue and your brain, I, like I mentioned earlier, it's the equivalent of like, you know, how running in sand is different than running on pavement. It's like you do it but it's not as effective and it's way harder. That's what brain fog is to your thinking. It's thinking through sand essentially. And it's just this feeling that you don't have that clarity you want. You don't have the focus you want. You're easily distracted. Like it's really just hard to like get your brain in the game. And a lot of that is due to inflammation that's gone unchecked. And like you said, we look around at other entrepreneurs we know, other moms we know, and everyone is dealing with it. So we're like, must be normal. But I always like this, like, do you want it to be normal for you? Because it doesn't have to be. And when we're looking at that inflammation, it's usually coming from one of three major places. It's coming just from not getting enough quality sleep and your brain literally isn't recharging enough to function properly the next day. Or number two, it's coming from blood sugar that's all over the place. Because think about this. Think about the last time you had, and I love a good like plate of pasta, but think about the last time you had a really big plate of pasta with some garlic bread. And then what was that? Like 45 minutes later, you just felt like napping and you, your brain just is like off. You're like, I can't possibly function for the rest of the night. That is a really good example of what happens when you overdo it with the blood sugar. You cause the spike and you cause the crash. So that can really cause a lot of inflammation. And then lastly, like stress that has gone unchecked. And I feel like stress and sleep are those things that, for example, they get we, we get in these cycles where we're not sleeping as much, but it's also kind of normalized. So you don't quite notice it as much. And then you have a really good sleep and you're like, whoa, I can't believe I've been that tired. Or same with like, if you've been stressed for so long, it feels normal. And then you have a day where it just lightens and you're like, oh, this feels so different. So if you 
if you're getting any red flags listening to this that like, ah, maybe, maybe I am not performing my best. It might just be that we acclimate to the level of stress and sleep deprivation we're under. So we get to kind of take that opportunity and be like, what can I start doing now to help get my brain on board a little bit is maybe you just start with breakfast. Like that's something I'm working on with a client right now. She's like, everything needs to be changed. I was like, no, let's start with breakfast. <laughs> like what about breakfast is causing your fog and start there. Or if it is sleep, maybe it is, how can I get to bed on time? Four out of seven nights per week right now. If right now you're at one. It's like, what is that small change that could start really allowing me to experience a little of what feels good? Because I find once you once you really feel how your brain is supposed to work and the energy you're supposed to have and what it feels like not to feel tired all the time, it's really hard to go back. So it's kind of like a self-motivating process. When you feel that, you're just like, I want that. Mm-hmm. And then that's when it becomes easier to start making those changes. Oh, gosh. So many light bulbs are going off for, for me. Um now you talked about like different things that you can do to change to like those little changes too. Um, I know for a lot of people, like they say they live and die by these like morning routines and like, Oh, this is how you can, you know, wake up and set your day up for success. Do you have any things that you work with your clients on as far as like to kind of set the tone for the day? Cause I think that that can also help too, like how, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about, um, just like, I know for me, I don't love waking up early, but I know when I do that I, I just feel more energized throughout the day because I, I don't constantly feel like, okay, I'm behind the eight ball because I slept too late. And now I like, didn't get things done. Um, even just waking up like an hour early to just have some downtime to like, just be can help me feel better. But I, I wanted to get your perspective on like setting your day up for success and like you get really good, good sleep. That's that step in that right direction. But is there anything else like morning wise that can help us with that? Well, I think the first thing is breaking our belief that mornings all need to look the same. You know what I mean? Because like I'm in a stage right now where I have really little kids and they don't self-entertain as well as I imagine. I hope they will when they're older. So for me, that means three mornings a week, I wake up and I'm working by 6am. Is it what I love? No, but it's also that time that I get to devote that I know is uninterrupted. There are also two mornings a week where all I do is read. There are also two mornings a week where I exercise, right? And so really looking at what season of life are you in right now? Is this one that requires that time to be work time, even though you'd like it to be leisure or leisure time when you'd like it to be work? So that's number one. The second thing is there are actually things that you can do to wake up your brain in the morning. Um, and what we're looking at doing is, you remember how we talked about, there are those things that help your brain wind down. We talked about light. We talked about temperature. We talked about stimulation. The same thing happens in the morning on the opposite. So if you can get bright light in your eyes, first thing in the morning, if you can get outside even better, but like flip on all the lights. If you're one of those people that like to get up and have it cozy and dark in the morning, this is creating a lot of fatigue during your day. So you want to flip on all the lights And if possible, outside for five to 10 minutes, take the coffee out, the dog out, walk the kids to the bus stop, go for a quick jaunt around the block. These are all really good things. It cues your brain to remove any extra fatigue and to feel alert and it boosts your mood. So that's light. With temperature, if you can increase your core temperature, it's going to increase alertness. Two ways to do this. Movement, so you can do exercise, go for a walk, do some stretching. The second way is counterintuitive. Cold showers. And I know most people hear those and they're like, that, nah, I'm just a no. Yeah, try it before you write it off. Because when you put cold water on the outside of your body, the inside of your body goes, 
oi, we got to heat up. And so it turns up your core temperature and there is nothing that provides more clarity and focus than a cold shower. And this doesn't have to be an everyday thing, but like today is a heavy call day for me. So I had a cold shower this morning because I need my brain at 10 out of 10. So other things that you can do in the morning, uh, one other thing is if you wait 90 to 120 minutes to have your coffee, that will do wonders for that afternoon energy crash. If you're getting that 2, 3, 4 p.m. energy slump, brain's not working, you just kind of want to wrap up the day early, if you delay your coffee, it allows your brain to clear out this sleepy chemical called adenosine and so that you are feeling a lot more alert in the afternoon instead of if you have caffeine first thing then that sleepy chemical doesn't get to be cleared out and it's waiting for you when your caffeine wears off and you feel that big crash. So that is another really uh, thing that you can think about. But the third thing, which is, I mean, we can go into this if you want, but there's this whole field of study called chronobiology, which basically means that we all have a gene and the length of it determines what time our brain works best at to wake up. Mine is mm. 5 a.m. I have a client who is 8 a.m. Neither are wrong. And he likes to tell himself, but I should wake up early, but that is optimal for him. And he finds when he stops fighting that and actually realizes like, no, my sleep rhythm is late. It's 1130 to eight. Then I can lean into that and stop judging myself for it. Cause I feel like sometimes as moms, we judge ourselves if we're not up early enough and we like that time, but maybe if our time is best suited in the evening, we can take the judgment off of ourselves and just really be present with when our energy actually is the best instead of when, you know, the 5am club said it should be the best. Right. And I, and I'm a part of that too, because I, I tell myself, I'm like, I'm, I'm a sleeper. I, it's something like from a very early age, it's like, I love my naps. I love to sleep. I love to sleep in, but I found that number one, like you said, like in the season, like getting up early was just what needed to happen. But I slowly found myself like I can get so much done in that time. I'm just like super focused. It doesn't, my husband, I think it takes him a while to wake up and to get his body moving, which I'm going to share those things that can help him <laughs> um, to do that a little bit faster. If his natural tendency is like to be a little bit more sluggish in the morning. Um, but yeah, I, I could totally, I could see myself like thinking clearer um, when I just got up and got straight to work. But if I tried to do that at eight, like I could do it, but it wasn't it was pulling teeth to try to get through that. And again, like you said, use the season that you're in and recognize that some things just, you're not always able to do the optimal. You just have to do what works for you. But um, I can totally see that. And I've, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about this cold shower. And I, I was on TikTok for a while watching these cold plunges. And I literally almost like invested in one of those portable tubs because I'm like, oh gosh, I see the benefits. I like was doing a lot of research and reading on it. And I just, I don't know. I just don't know if I can get on board with it. That's so hard. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is, is like, I don't know anybody. Okay. Maybe there's somebody, but I don't know many people that are like, yeah, that sounds so fun. I don't think that that is the point of it. It's kind of like, you know how you do the admin, the kind of stuff, there's all stuff that we don't want to do in our business. There's the stuff that we do do, but why do we do the stuff we don't want to do? It's because of the bigger picture. So we're willing to be uncomfortable to do the stuff we don't particularly love in order to have the result that we do love. Maybe that's the freedom that we get, the extra income that we get, right? So I always like to, and I literally had the same conversation. I was in the shower this morning and it was hot and I was enjoying it. And I was like, not today. And then I was like, no brain, we're not doing this today. Today, we need to be excellent. And so on the cold shower I went and I didn't, like, I wasn't sitting there going, oh, this is amazing. But I like to do what is required. And if it's just 30 seconds on the end, 
I will be okay. Because I always like to think of my brain, me, I make the decisions. So if I want to feel this way, and this is something I am willing to experiment with, then why not? Because I'm in charge, not how I feel. And so in the same breath, you could always just say, I'm going to try it for a week. And if I like it enough to keep going, great. And if I don't, no problem. I get to go back to exactly what I was doing. So I sometimes think when we're like, oh my gosh, if I start this, I have to continue this. But what if you could just try the cold shower and if you love it, keep it. And if you don't, then no sweat, right? Mm -hmm. It's just something that you experience. But at least you would have had both experiences to make the decision from. That's kind of where I like to think of this. It's all a big experiment, right? It's fun. How can we try it? And like you said too, once you, like sometimes you don't even realize what you're missing until you like the, it's like the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Like sometimes you have to go through that and experience it for yourself to be able to, to make that decision. I think that's a beautiful thing about being adults and trying like, we can decide yes or no, and you can try it out and you can go back to it. I love that. Um, one other thing I just wanted to touch on quickly before we wrap up, I know this is like a little bit off topic, but you, it was, it was, reminding me when you were talking about like the cold shower thing and you're like, it's so easy for your, your mind and your brain to be like, I don't want to do this. And then we just like, it's easy for us to fall into that trap. Do you have any tricks or things that are helpful for for people to kind of rewire some of that stuff in, in their brain, kind of those stories that we tell ourselves, um, that can keep us in that trap of, you know, not wanting to like better ourselves or, you know, oh, well, I can't get up early because, you know, all these stories that we tell ourselves and we just kind of let our brain think that way. I think part of it is deciding how to think on purpose and actually deciding that I want to make decisions for what I want long-term. And it's interesting, literally just this week, I was having a conversation with a client and he was like, you know, I've always chosen the easy way. I've always, it's easier to just stay and watch more Netflix instead of get up and go to bed. It's easier to sleep in instead of get up and do your workout. It's easier to order DoorDash instead of make a healthy meal. It's just easier. And I said to him, I was like, this is interesting. What if the effort that we need to put in to get the result you want, what if your hard thermostat is just adjusted too low? Like what if we can start taking on things that feel like 10% harder and try that. Because think about this. If the idea of getting up at 6 a.m. and doing a high-intensity boot camp just is like, whoa, what about getting up at 6 a.m. and stretching? What about getting up at 6 a.m. and then doing yoga? And then it goes to Pilates, and then maybe do weight training, and then maybe it's a spin class. You see what I mean? And like layering up that way, but really asking ourselves like, why are we doing this? And it's so interesting. Like I find when we're like, oh yeah, I'm exercising to feel healthy or to feel more present, or to have more energy. But for me, those reasons never really connect. Like when Mm -hmm. I think I want to be healthy, it doesn't do anything for me. So I always, when I get underneath there, I am really just identifying the feeling I want to feel. And there is a, and it's, I have a picture of the moment that I'm trying to replicate. It was before my first baby and I had just gotten off the treadmill and I was doing sprints at a 12 and I had hit a 12 mile an hour on the treadmill. And I was like, I remember getting off thinking like, holy, I just did that. How cool that my body can do that. The bliss, the feeling in my lungs, the, the like the euphoria when you just show up in the version that is you, like who you're meant to be. And that moment, I have a picture, I have a selfie when I got off the treadmill that day. So I look at that photo and I want to be her. Mm-hmm. And that gets me up in the morning, the capability to be able to do that, how that feels, that connects with me so much more than telling myself, like, I want to be healthier. I want to lose 10 pounds. But like, how do you want to feel? 
And then pairing that with the fact that our level of effort may just need to be adjusted up. It's just maybe we have misdiagnosed the effort that is required and that's okay. But what would it look like to do 10% more this week or 1% more? And I think that's where I would go with that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. This is this is motivating me. <laughs> and, I, and then I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for my husband to hear this. This, this was an Aubrey and Josh podcast. Like <laughs> I needed this for sure. Um, gosh, so many amazing takeaways from this and things that I'm definitely going to start implementing into my day to day so that I can show up and be, you, you know, not only a really great business owner, a really great coach and a mentor, but also in all areas of my life. Cause I, can totally see both sides when I'm, you know, not optimized, not functioning, feeling that brain fog, how that does the ripple effect in all areas of my life. Of course, like a lot of times we'll put certain things before, you know, each other, but it's like sometimes making those small tweaks can have the ripple effect in all the areas that you want it to. So um, I really appreciate your expertise and everything that you've shared today. And I, I feel inspired. So I just want to thank you for that. And I want to give you an opportunity to share where people can come learn more about you, what you do, where they can follow you, all the things. Yeah. So if you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh, oh, there's so many things. I, I want them in one place. I have taken the 12, I call them biohacks. Essentially, they're just hacking your biology to make you feel better. And I've put them in one place. It's in a PDF that I have. It's I call it my entrepreneur's playbook. It's 12 ways to biohack your energy. And each page is like, hey, It'll, a cold showers is one of them. It explains how it works and it links to a podcast if you want to learn way more about it because I have a podcast called Becoming Limitless. But this 12 ways to biohack your energy is like the one-stop shop to find all the best stuff that works. So you don't have to go scrounging through my Instagram or the podcast or anything. It's all here. And it's at tanessashears.com slash energy or you can just go to my website, Tanessa Shears, a freebies tab on the top. That's where you want to go to get that. Perfect. We will link that up in the show notes as well. Thank you again for coming on today. And I know everybody's going to take a lot away from this episode. Definitely go grab that freebie. I know I will be too. And um, thank you again for sharing everything with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.